Hello love, before we get into today's episode, if you want even more glittery goodness bang for your buck, well then you need to head to glitterball.plus where you can subscribe for just $7 a month. You'll get first listen access to all your Glitterball favourites, ad-free listening, as well as exclusive podcasts just for Glitterball Plus subscribers. You can head to glitterball.plus today to get all that and more for just $7 a month. Let's get into today's show. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Glitterball Studios. It's a brand new year, so why not do something totally different? Welcome to the Design Power series, Glittery Goodness. As always, I'm your guide, Ross. And I'm going to take you on a fabulous adventure to meet some wonderful humans that I've met through my love of design. So grab a cup of tea, settle in for a chat about life, design and everything in between. You're listening to Glittery Goodness, the podcast with me, Ross Kent. The first design pair we're meeting on the series is the wonderful Clint Kinsella. I know Clint because we went to Foundry, the Tasmanian design school together. And for a while now, I've wanted to pick his brain on kind of his ethos behind design and why he got into the field, or as you'll hear, got back into the field. Uh, but I need to preface this chat with two things. One, we recorded it back in October of last year. And two, we did it via Zoom. So if the audio quality is not quite the normal, please understand. But I hope you enjoy this very insightful conversation with a very wonderful human. Shall we crack on with questions? Let's crack on. Crack on however and whenever. Actually, there is a one point one, I'll say. And do you want to introduce <laughs> yourself to our lovely listeners? Oh, great. Yeah, no problem. So I'll let you uh, do it in your own words. Good, because I was going to. <laughs> okay, good, good. Hi, I'm Clint. Um, I am currently studying at Foundry in Hobart. Um, not really 100% sure what to do. I've, I've been really fortunate to sort of be studying and have enough time and motivation, I suppose, 
to take on some freelance client work at the same time. And it's sort of this mad, wonderful flurry of excitement and stress and general awesomeness. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's me. I'm not, not anyone nice. fancy. Nice, nice. So the actual first question then, what drew you to jumping into the design realm? Because I always think it's interesting to, to hear what kind of sparked, and I'm sure you know very well what my spark was, as do our listeners. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, what was yours? Um, look, a really, uh, maybe a better way to put the question is what drew me back to design? Oh. Uh, so that's, no, there's nothing crazy there. I was never a practicing designer. Um, but I did complete graphic design at the end of year 12 um, with sort of all of this youthful motivation and drive. And I took that drive and I went to TAFE and I studied for two years and I completed a diploma at TAFE. So this is like 2008, 2009. Um, and, you know, I had these grand ideas. I was going to go out, I was going to change the world. I was going to be the next David Carson and it was going to be amazing. Um, but in the process of that, a whole bunch of life happened. And as it does. you know, trying to manage it, exactly, it does. It never really stops, um, and I think that's the mark of a mature human to understand that. But uh, yeah, all this life happened. You know, trying to pay rent, trying to work part time, trying to study full time, trying to maintain relationships, uh, and it just was all a bit too much for the then sort of nineteen-year-old me. Um, and I fair, completed fair. my diploma with a very salty taste in my mouth, and oh, I left. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it, um, in that moment, in that time and at that uh, age, I, it just wasn't what I thought it would be and I wasn't getting right. out of it what I thought I would. Um, for a very, very long time, I blamed the course I took, I blamed the people who taught it, but actually the reality is I wasn't ready to do it. I wasn't in a position where I could take it on and really enjoy it and be the person that I wanted to be in that space. So that was a kind of cool sort of revelation that I've That's had. That's a very wise revelation. It's all the beard. It's all it's all just beard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seeing as nobody can see this, I feel like it it bears stating that Clint does have quite the magnificent beard. As someone who, when they get too beardy, looks a little homeless. Um, look, I have hey, a little look, bit of probably... beard envy. I've got to be honest. Look, your beard is lovely, Ross. It's neat. It's well kept. Yeah, the, 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 the chin scruffs as otherwise, but okay. <laughs> it's still, it's still, it's very lovely chin scruff. It looks great. You're framing <laughs> your face wonderfully. Um, <laughs> um, but but what, drew, yeah, what drew you back? What drew me back? So I spent the whole of basically 15 years working for one of the large retail companies. Right. Uh, I sort of got a job in grade nine and just stayed there. Right, um, right. Easy money, it allowed me to do everything I wanted mm-hmm. to do. Um, but when I stopped doing a bunch of really of the things that I felt were what really made me. So for about four and a half years, I was in the army reserve oh, and I did that straight. Yeah. That's something that is a bit fun. Um, so I did that straight up after TAFE, um, because when I was growing up, the two things that I, well, the one thing I knew I was going to do was be in the military. Right. Okay. That was my dream. Um, wow. And it, it wasn't until I got to college that I discovered that actually art can be a career. Right. And right. that's what yes. drove me to take in that first place. Right. Um, but yes, yeah, so I was in the Army Reserve for four and a half years and it was a spectacular experience. Um, I would recommend for anyone that is inclined to do it, 
Um, there are some things about the military that I don't agree with, mm-hmm. um, but I can't deny that my experience there was was positive and developed cool. me a lot. Uh, but after after the military, sort of a couple of years into that, I actually discovered roller derby, um, thanks to a good mate of mine. Um, so I, I sort of skated roller derby for like six years or something, um, going through the whole thing, and that was really, it was awesome. I had I had an obscene amount of fun playing roller derby. Something about skating around and bashing into people and then going for a great party and laughing about it afterwards. Actually, now that I picture it, it is very you. I I was like... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so when I I stopped doing those things, um, because the military sort of led to the roller derby, the roller Mm -hmm. derby was the last thing I did that I felt was really neat. So when that finished, I sort of was really pleased to have a bunch of free time for a little while, but then I realised that working in a nine to... Well, it wasn't even a nine to five. That was probably the problem, but working in this retail environment where nothing's mm-hmm. really financially fulfilling, definitely, uh, but, yeah. not, but not fulfilling, you know, for my, my soul, if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, then I started, sort of started questioning what, what would I do? What, what do I do? I don't want to be someone that wakes up and goes to this job every day for the rest of my life, even though that was seemingly the path that I was on. So I sort of sat down and I started really considering my options and considered all sorts of things. I considered going back to the military full-time. Right. Um, I considered the police force. Um, I considered, and this is how I ended actually the thought process that got me back to design. I really considered um, something more medically inclined. So I was really thinking right. about like physiotherapy. Okay. Because um, at this point I was quite active at the gym uh-huh. um, and I really enjoyed learning about the way our bodies moved and operated. And But yeah, so I, I thought about those things and, and discovered all these sort of these barriers that I wasn't prepared to try and cross. And so I started looking back at what qualifications I already held. And I saw that I still had a diploma in graphic design. Mm-hmm. And I knew that meant automatic entry into a university course. And Right, right. Yeah, one thing led to another. I applied to Utah's that didn't quite work out the way I intended. And then I ended up at Foundry. I was about um, to say, I have a very similar story with Utah's. Yep, you could put mine yeah. the same way. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I ended up at Foundry and of course that's where we met. Um, yeah. Uh, and truthfully, I, I pay a lot of my sort of current success or motivation to the Foundry. Right. To, to the Foundry. Um, I don't believe that if I were in a different environment, I would have flourished the way I have. And I would have been sort of felt like I'd been given the license to chase down anything and everything, which is sort of how I am where I am. Yeah. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I feel like it's something... I don't even quite know how to put my finger on it, and this is not going to turn into a Foundry infomercial either. <laughs> uh, but, like, they need to pay me some good sponsorship money for that. It's it, I don't know if it's the environment or the people they select, or but it, you're right, it's very good at fostering that, oh, you have that dream? Go chase it. Yeah, I think I think community is a really really great word to describe what we've got there. Yes, um, that is the perfect way to describe it. It's it's great. The they seem to, and I was talking to someone else uh, earlier today about this, and it seems to me that they are proactive in their support of students, which is something that I don't think occurs at, at other institutes or other within other organisations. Yeah, actually, you know, it's really funny speaking now removed from the foundry environment because of graduation obviously 
I didn't realise how much I'd miss it. But in the last couple of months, and that's why there's a few as yet unannounced things that are bubbling away in the pipeline to kind of get that structure back. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I was like, oh my God, I missed the the deadlines and the kind of structure of go make things. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's really interesting because I... If you'd have told me that back in February, I would have kind of laughed at you being like, I'm, I'm not going to miss that. It was good, but I'm ready for the freedom. Whereas now I'm like, can I have some of that back? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, it's funny because uh, I've managed to make friends with sort of everybody. Um, and I've, I've heard that from other people. I was going to say, that's very much well. you, though. I, I think <laughs> we'd be hard pressed to find somebody that would not like you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Trust me, there are people out there who do not like me. <laughs> but no, thank you. I, I appreciate that. It's something that I'm kind of proud of that I can sort of sit You're down very adaptable to, to various different people like me, who's shiny and obnoxious and far too camp for his own good. But then like, <laughs> I know some of your other friends and like, you look at me, look at them and go, huh? Yeah, I don't know. I think, I think it's just a case of recognising that Everyone's got something to bring to the table yeah. and there's no point judging them for that. You just accept it and have a smile. And yeah. Have a chat. You never know what you're learning about people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of learning things, <laughs> yeah. that was a good segue. Uh, what's the biggest lesson you've learned on your journey so far? Yeah. I know that was Look, a big question. It, it, it really is a big question. Um, and I, I thought about this one probably so much that I've thought a little bit less about some of the other questions. Okay, but that's fine. The, I think the thing that I've learned the most is that communication is the basis of everything. So I, I always felt that I had great interpersonal skills. I always felt that I had great communication skills. Um, and I had made this assumption that I, I was really epic at empathy and could really just understand everything and get along with everybody, you know, in this almost arrogant way. And since coming along to Foundry and and doing the things that we do and taking on those clients, I've learned that actually I'm only good at my communication. I'm only good at the things that I know how to do. And I haven't necessarily mastered speaking to other people in the way they need to be. They need to hear things. And that's, that's a huge lesson that, I've realized needs to be learned and it's probably something that I will never truly master uh, because no one person is the same, which I believe means no one means of communication is ever going to be perfect. Mm. So communication, because it affects everything. It affects the way you interact with people. It affects yep. the way you interpret things. It, it's everything. Yeah. That's a, that's a big, wise to use a to use a, a term that is hip with the kids, big brain lesson. There, I can't big believe I just said that. We're just going to ignore that I said that. Uh, it's all right. We'll we'll just move right on. That's just going to end up on the cutting room floor. Uh, uh, okay. So, what would be your dream design job and or client, and why? Mm. Yeah. Look. I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> I, no, have, I have no clue. The, the thing that I'm really loving the most about design and the, the sort of little career and direction I'm sort of cutting out for myself, mm-hmm. a little piece of the pie, 
I, I realized that every job and every client brings something new and it brings uh-huh. a new challenge and it brings a new way to think about things and a new way to interpret things. Um, so to say that I have a dream job or a dream client, I don't know because it, it seems to me that every time an opportunity comes my way, it's something entirely unexpected. Right. Um, I, like just based on the, the things that you've probably seen on my Instagram, mm. like I, I've done some skateboard designs, I've done some t-shirt designs, I've done uh, essential oil branding, um, I've done photography logos, like these weird things and none of them seem to really match up in any way other than they've come to me to be done. And that's okay. super cool. But they're all a different problem and they all require a different perspective. And I've enjoyed each of them for their own own pros and cons, if you like. Yeah, um, that's cool. Dream job or client? No, not really. Mm, I just want right. to keep rolling with the punches and see what comes my way. Fair, fair. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I was just curious because you do, like you are developing such a, de- like if I was to look at a piece of work without seeing it on your Instagram and be like whose work is that I feel like you you were building a, a what's the a, a design a design language for yourself if you will like I, I could look at something you've made and be like oh that's that's Clint's work you know so yeah I was cool. like thank you what would you want to uh, like what would you want to apply that to that was kind of where I was going with that so I was like yeah well look from that perspective same answer literally anything no yeah okay. I, there's um there are some projects that i'm less inclined towards and some projects i'm more inclined towards but i i feel like that's maybe just my youthful attitude towards design right now you know perhaps my less experienced self is just like let's do everything it's gonna be great um, i, I but, feel like you have to have some of that attitude though like because uh, otherwise you'd just be like, nope, that's not me, not doing it, and then potentially lose something that could open a door. Yep, exactly. Um, exactly. The the amount of people just in this is just a broad comment on life. The amount mm-hmm. of people that I see turn away potentially brilliant opportunities or experiences just because it's outside of their norm, it really bothers me and is actually one of one of the big reasons why I needed to move away from my retail career is that Fair. the monotony and the routine had sort of captured so many great people and turned them into these salty husks of the humans that I'm sure right. they actually are and like it was just it was just hard to be there and hard to see so many good people be in the wrong place when they could so easily just leave um, that's that's really interesting. Um, this this isn't to speak down about retail. No. I know a lot of people that absolutely adore their career, yes. and I I praise them for it because I, everyone. Yeah, I, in, in no way was different. I saying it was a bad career, but it was just more like <laughs> that's that's a really interesting sort of take on on, on that environment. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough place to be. Um, I yeah. upset a oh. lot of people by just trying to be chirpy and a bit. Fun. Oh, but you need a. I <laughs> mean, I, I'm probably not the best person to critique Chirpy, considering my general demeanor most of the time is like 100 caffeinated too much. Yep. Sequin man, you know, like Sequin man. Uh, That's your superhero persona now. There you go. Oh, you just no. Sequin man. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's. I, I, I suppose you get one bad customer that's like. 
having a horrible day and you're chirpy and they'll be like, get away from me. But like, I feel like people need a bit more chirp. I, well, I suppose that's what glittery goodness is about, right? Adding a bit more exactly. to the week. Exactly. So outside of design then, what, what are kind of some of the things that make you tick or, or I don't know how you took that question. So feel free to... Yeah, look, this is this requires a shrug from me. Okay, cool. Um, it, it's interesting because I, I think I've always been that person that wants to really live a career. Um, I, I really buy into that concept, possibly naively, of, you know, find a job that you love and you'll never work a day in your life, that kind of a thing. Um, I get that. I really I, I I buy into that. Right? Yeah. It's, like so tantalizing. Someone asked me what I like. A, a Tinder match asked me what I what I like do as a hobby, and I, I had to sit and think mm. for a minute because, like, mm. I'm predominantly, even though like I, I don't share a lot of stuff publicly anymore, mm. I'm always tinkering on something. Yep. So yeah, it's kind of like design is part of me. It's not necessarily a, so. You're absolutely right. Of like, yeah work and and rest have kind of sandwiched mm, absolutely uh, mm. no look i i could give a lot of cliche answers but realistically the things that i like doing outside of design much uh-huh. like the jobs that i want to do in design are so varied like just yesterday morning uh my girlfriend and i got up at 5 a.m to go and walk on the mountain to oh. enjoy a sunrise and some fresh air and it was absolutely what we needed I don't want to do that every day. I was going to say, I couldn't do that myself. It's bad enough that I'm up at 5 30 to go to work. No, well, yeah, I I suppose, yeah, Yeah. that that will happen. But but yeah, like, that's that's pretty cool. Was it a good experience? Oh, absolutely. uh, It was one of those things that I didn't know I needed to do until we did it. Right, Um, one of those, okay. Yeah, Uh, but like, favourite things outside of design, like I say, I, I love going walking on mountains, I love hanging out with my friends. I love going and having a coffee with someone I haven't seen for months. I like sitting down and binge watching a series, you know, all those really normal, not super exciting, but everyone relates to things. Like I just like doing them. (laughs) I just like doing normal stuff. (laughs) Just, just rewinding a second because you were like talking about Mm. a lot of outdoorsy stuff and kind of meeting people for coffee. Coffee. How have you Mm. adapted to what has become our digital life, I suppose, in the last few months? I'm, I'm just curious now. No, absolutely. It's a great question. Um, not really well. Okay. <laughs> I, I, really, really well, but not nearly as well as I would have hoped. So something that confuses some people about me is that I'm actually quite introverted. Um, I like my me time. I like Fair. to sit in quiet rooms and not be distracted or demanded by the world outside right um so the idea of being locked in my room for a few months to sit down and create things um was really exciting it's like yes brilliant let's get so much done um and honestly for the first i don't know four or five weeks of that digital life I, i was good um and then, then the monotony of routine kicked in again, and that—that's what what made things hard. And I tried to combat that by walking in my local area and 
and being in contact with people by the phone and things like that as much as possible. I have a question for you, Ross. Oh, oh, turning the tables on me. All right, sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. You had to predict this. Where do you go for coffee? Where Where is your stop for coffee on the way through to work every morning? Uh, Yellow Bernard. Ah, excellent. Very good. <laughs> what uh, what you were get... you expecting me to say? I wasn't sure. That's why I asked. I was curious. But okay. Yellow Bernard, you get yeah. seven out of seven stars. Oh, good. No, I, I love <laughs> I, I love Yellow Bernard. I've been an uh, avid supporter for a long time. And once they were back open and we were back in the office, I was like, as much as my budget may yell at me slightly, I'm just going to go and support. Um, You're going to go get your coffee. you got to get your good coffee fix. And Yellow Bernard true, is, is one of true. the best. And half the time I'm well-meaning and I'll get up early and be like, I'm going to make my own coffee. And and it just doesn't happen because... No, management. look, mornings are hard. Yeah. Mornings are hard. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Our probably the biggest question and something that all future guests are going to be asked. So again, any of my friends listening to this, you might want to prep for this one. Um, <laughs> what brings you joy? A good, good, big, juicy question. Yeah. Um, all those the big existential that... question out there. Though. <laughs> yeah, it's massive. It's massive. Um, all those things I talked about, about favorite things to do outside of design, I think are the little pieces of the puzzle that keep everyone afloat and keep everyone happy. You know, it might just be that coffee and catch up with a friend. It might be a unexpected quirky Zoom call with an old colleague. <laughs> you know, it, it might be a new beer that you find on the shelf. That can it might be very, very beautiful. Yeah, it's the the relatively new hazy IPA by. Oh, Holzer. I've seen those. Sorry, I didn't yeah. mean to distract you. No, that's fine. Beer is life. <laughs> well, uh, no, coffee is life. Beer is almost life. <laughs> <laughs> um, Can't relate. It's rum for me. Well, that's good though. What rum? What's your rum? Okay, so I might get rum judged here as I say this, but it's <laughs> it's, it's Bundaberg Bundaberg rum. Look. See, run I, I really I knew I, it. Yeah, look, I want to judge, but my best mate is an avid Bundy supporter. He doesn't even he doesn't drink anything but so I can't okay. can't judge too much. What what rum would you suggest I try that? I feel like I've sidetracked us and I didn't mean to, but here we are. Well look, I'm not I, I've been more of a gin drinker recently because okay. who thought millennials getting on the gin gin train. Right, um, right. But I was drinking rum for a long, long time, but I'm I'm a fan of not very complex drinks. I like to be able to sit down and enjoy the thing for the sake of enjoying the thing without necessarily right, yes. having to analyze. Um, but I got a really lovely bottle of, hang on, let me get it out of the cupboard here. Something you prepared earlier? Oh, I didn't really prepare it earlier. I just happened to have it. I know. Um, so I went and visited Western Australia well before COVID <laughs> a few years ago. Right, um, yes. And I got this, this gorgeous bottle of uh, Caribbean spiced rum oh. from Grove Distillery. Uh, right. Grove Distillery. Um, they're naturally in the Margaret River area, um, but this was smooth and spicy and just really easy. Right. And I'm not. I'm not a big I don't drinker. Know how to speak drinking. No, I don't know how to do tasting notes. I like. Right. No. 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 That's cool. I gotcha. This uh, good other rubber. brands are available. Drink responsibly. Just, just thought I'd yes. throw that in there. Um, yeah, absolutely. Drink responsibly. Don't, don't be silly about it. 
Um, but, but to sort of dive back on the question, yeah. um, the things that bring me joy are the little, little things. Like I could be walking down the road um, and you might say a little kid just having a great time with their parents or mm-hmm. something like that. And just seeing someone else be happy makes me happy. Um, so it's, that might be, again, a little bit cliche, a little bit ironic, but I like to see people be happy. I like to do nice things for people. And if I can do those things, I will. And those are the things that really bring me joy. I love that. That is very well put. Nice way to answer <laughs> such an existential question. I I'm not sure I answered, but hey, thank you. Hey. <laughs> I feel like I darted around the answer. <laughs> Before I let you go, uh, is there anything you want to plug that's coming up or, or you want to plug your socials or a website? Fire away. Uh, there are things coming up that I won't speak about openly, okay. but things that are just cool, things that cool. are cool that I was never expecting to get my hands on. That what are, are your socials? Let's plug those socials so people can see those things when you're able to talk about them. Absolutely. Uh, my socials are at underscore Clint Designs, um, exclusively on Instagram. Um, much like my drinking, I am quite simple on my social media. I don't like to be too complex. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. But and I mean, I'll I'm, make I'm sure there is a link in the show notes as well. So if you want to go check out Clint's work, please do. There's a link in the show notes. Might be a website come the end of term. Who knows? Mm. Is that is that a is that a web design prompted uh, website build portfolio prompted? Oh, okay. Yeah. So you're wait. How long have you got left at Foundry? Uh, two terms after this. So I'm oh wow, term. that's gone yeah. quick. Bloody hell! Yes, yes it has. <laughs> it's gone really quick. Oh, oh god, I've just I've had that sudden you know that horrible sudden realization. It's October. Yeah, it is October. Yeah. But before I I let you go, thank you very much for joining me on the podcast, Clint. Nice to have a friendly, familiar face on the show and and talk about life and design. So it's very much appreciated. Anytime. It was it was a blast. I was excited about it as soon as you sort of asked me the question. I, I I'm, glad, I'm glad you were up for it because I was like, you might just be like, eh. no, no, no way. Like I said, anything that helps out is, oh, is a good sure. time. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.